Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. What I've been lamenting over lately is that China and the U.S. just seems to be in a race to see who can screw up the economy more. Do you feel such? Today, the Federal、um, the Federal Reserve raised interest rate by three quarter of a percentage again, using the brakes on the economy to deal with the scarily high inflation at the present. Well,、um, okay. The possible fallout is to bring the U.S. economy into recession, will it? Tomorrow, the U.S. Department of Commerce will be announcing the second quarter GDP figure, and if it is、uh, negative, it would be the second consecutive quarter of the economic contraction after the 1.6 percent contraction in the first quarter of this year, and this matched the very standard definition of a recession. Okay, China is no is not. Much better. Okay, if you took note, China's、uh, second quarter has come out with the、uh, growth of only 0.4 percent. People were, you know, lamenting that the growth rate fell so low, but the views of many true China experts are saying, you know, it's、uh, even this 0.4 percent growth is a fake. Okay, the real reason is that the Chinese. Communist government expected that the U.S. second quarter growth rate will be negative, so they patched their number to be a positive one. Okay, so as to win over the U.S. Otherwise, how can the Chinese Communist Party prove to the people that、um, they have the super, you know superiority of the socialism? So, what is the current state of of the U.S. economy? I use the three words to describe it. The first is bad, second is bad, and third is also bad. Okay, so among them, one bad, first bad is that、uh, the inflation has surged to a 41-year high of 9.1 percent, with the prices soaring virtually everywhere you look. The second bad is that the stock market has fallen by 10 percent to 30 percent, depending on which index you are talking about. The third bad is the economy has turned from expansion to contraction. The Biden administration has been very nervous lately, coming out and saying that the two quarters of a contraction cannot be called a recession. They said un- unemployment rate is so low, and everybody still have a job to do. So how can this be a recession? Well, when there is this contraction in the economy, what are the companies doing? Is it not to lay off people? How much longer can the low employment number hold? Well, the current situation in, in economics is called、uh, stagflation. Okay, stagflation, which is a combination of two words, stagnation and inflation. And usually, you add to that、uh, high unemployment rate,、uh, which you cannot escape from. So, three things: inflation,、um, stagnation, and the high unemployment rate. So, stagflation is the nightmare of a free economy. It is. A, it is actually not easy to, you know, lead the economy into such a situation,、uh, because、uh, inflation is usually caused by an overheated economy and high demand of goods, and the prices only go up when supply、uh, exceeds the demand. But the economy being overheated means that the workers are needed everywhere. Okay, so the unemployment rate cannot be high. The economics of this is called、uh, the Philip curve. Uh, phenomenon, which is the inflation rate and the unemployment rate is、uh, inversely proportional. These two things simply don't come together, and、uh, economic st- stagnation is even more remotely related. Well, okay. On the other hand, 
if the economy is indeed stagnate. Demand is falling, then of course prices can, cannot rise. In short, stagnation and inflation are the opposite of each other. So how do these two things come together now? The last such nightmare is the Carter era in the late 1970s. Why do we say that inflation has become the highest in 41 years? That's because it was even higher more than 45, 41 years ago. That was the Jimmy Carter time. And uh, during that time, the Carter um, time witnessed the, the Iranian hostage crisis, if you're old enough to recall that, which is a political crisis and also the crisis of the economic stagnation. The then time United States was weak, bleak, and carried no image of a great power. So what happened next? Ronald Reagan came to power in 1980, and two years later, he led the economy out of the stagnation into the long road of expansion. While George, the Bush Jr. Senior and the Bush Jr. are basically following Reagan's economic uh, policy, even Bill Clinton, although a Democratic president follow a Republican economic policy. So we enjoyed a 20 to 30 year ride of uh, economic growth. And uh, we have not been living with high you know, interest rate and we saw no stagnation. We've long forgotten that there was this counter time of the, uh, this kind of um, stagnation. And none of us probably ever imagined that we're gonna go back and then relive that. Now people are comparing Biden to Carter, and what caught my notice is that people often said Joe Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter. I don't know, what do you think? So what happened in the Carter era? In fact, it did not start with Carter, but with the, you know, in the earlier 1960s. In the 60s, there was first this uh, Vietnam War, then the Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty which was essentially an American socialist movement, in my opinion. The federal government borrowed money to give it to the poor as welfare. Consequently, the national debt rose sharply. But how do you pay off such a huge new national debt? Everyone knows either by raising taxes in the future, which weaken you know, the resolve of um, entrepreneurs, or by printing more money, which brought inflationary ex expectations. Out of these two bad things, at least you get one. So into the 1970s, first uh, President Nixon repealed the gold standard. Then there was this true oil crisis. Finally, prices soared and coupled with the economic downturn, forcing the United States into a decade of stagnation. At that time, okay, not only the United States fell, the United Kingdom did too. There was this uh, UK conservative politician named uh, um, Lane um, Malloyd, who was the chancellor of the exchequer. He first used the word stagnation in a speech to the, the UK parliament in the 1965. Then the magazine of uh, the, the mag economics picked it up and then later the Newsweek. It has since become the defining terminology for this situation. Okay, so during the stagnation of the 1960s and the 1970s, the United States were plunged into four economic crises, with inflation at one point above 10% and unemployment at one point at 10.8%. In terms of the so-called uh, misery index, okay, the sum of the inflation and the, and the unemployment, it reached 20% in 1975 and peaked at 22% in the 1980. 
So we have already said that uh, for a free market economy, stagnation is, is, is unlikely to occur. But what, what, what are the essential reasons for the stagnation if it occurs? There's no well, complete consensus among economics, but the two factors are generally you know, agree upon to be responsible. Okay, the first is uh, inappropriate uh, expansionary fiscal policy, and the second is the turmoil in the raw material markets. Well, this all looks very, very scholarly, but, but in the vernacular, inappropriate expansionary fiscal policy simply means that the government intervenes with the economy and they print money and spend money indiscrimin indiscriminately. And the turmoil in raw materials often means the key economic supplies, such as, well, oil, run into trouble. So from these two perspectives, there is high degree of a similarity, actually, between the 60 to 70 and, and today. So democratic presidents like Johnson and Carter not only engaged in welfare, but also allowed the federal government to intervene in the market recklessly. The consequences of the welfare is to reduce the productivity as, you know, when one can't get free money, why bother to work, for, to work to make a living? Intervention in the market by the government is to mess up the relationship between supply and the demand and disrupt the economic activities. That was, you know, free-flowing. But what about today? Okay, originally the pandemic enforced a U.S. economic shutdown. So when the federal government launched the relief programs or the stimulus programs, and uh, well, to be, to be honest, I see nothing wrong there. Because that was an extraordinary moment, which demanded extraordinary measures. But as the pandemic winded down, so should the stimulus money. However, the Biden administration took over. They not only spent all the stimulus money that was left over, but also passed new new laws to spend more on infrastructure, for example, and then later they asked for the, the $3 trillion Build Back Better, which fortunately was blocked by, you know, the Democratic uh, Senator mooching of the West Virginia. Otherwise, we'll be in much, much worse situation today. But, but how different is the Biden's move from that by Lyndon Johnson's war on poverty? You print it and spend so much money with one effect of Okay, diluting the value of dollars, and another effect of dis discouraging the American workers to work. Again, when they have free money, why bother working? So the federal government's policy pushed up inflation and harmed growth. Well, as for the raw material turmoil, turmoil problem, that was then this, uh, you know, at that time, the Middle East oil crisis, if you're old enough to remember that. But today, there's this war on oil. The climate change movement aimed at eliminating fuse, you know, fuse, um, uh, the, 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 the oil. So we do not have an oil crisis today, but we produced such a crisis. You may argue that the Biden spoke that uh, this is due to the Russian-Ukraine war. Well, if you can recall, the United States oil prices and the general, you know, the inflation, the CPI before the war has risen to an outrageous, out, outrageous levels already, 7.6% inflation in January for this month. But does that have anything to do with the Russian-Ukraine war, which happened on the 24th of the February? So in short, there was no trouble, which is created for ourselves. 
the United States has a healthy and a strong free economy, and now it is in stagflation. And the culprit, and who's the culprit? It's the federal government's policy. So now the government is at a loss. They don't know what to do about it. Okay, to fight inflation, they must use tight monetary policy, such as raising interest rate and uh, or reduce the money supply, which is what the Fed is doing today, both of them. Uh, but this will make demand fall and economy becomes more depressed. Well, to stimulate the economy, one has to use the expansionary monetary or fiscal, uh, you know, the fiscal policy to increase the demand, causing further pressure on the prices and resulting in higher inflation. So they are caught in a, you know, a rock and a hard place. Then how to fix it? Is there a way? Actually, it's very, very simple. President Ronald, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan fixed it in just two years. He deregulated the economy, he cut taxes, and he balanced the budget. Simply put, get the federal government out of the economy, economic activity by spending less money and printing no money, and this curbed the inflation. He then reduced tax, cut the tax, giving everybody you know, an incentive to develop businesses. Okay, focus on the incentive side. As a result, the economy came alive. And it could do that then, and it could do it today. To sum it up, the economy runs better when the government does less. Isn't that the, what the famous uh, you know, quote from Ronald Reagan back then? Government is not a solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Okay, so that's basically what I want to bring to, to you today. And I don't know, do you agree? And uh, let's see, um, ZZZ status, you wrote that the energy sector, no business, if no energy. Yeah, you know, but, but what, what is the problem with the energy sector? Well, it's, it's our just curbing our own oil production first, and then that was, was the war. And uh, as I just told you, that 7.6% CPI growth in January of this month already. And the fossil fuels, yes, ZZZ, you said fossil fuels. Um, well, the cancer mouse, you said, I don't care about the oil, I'm worried about the corruption. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think you may need to worry about both. And, uh, and he also said uh, that this is another slap in our face. Let's go, Brendan. Well, I don't blame you. Okay, so actually, yeah, that's, um, and Daniel Voucher said, balanced budget, what is that? Yeah. Good question. We haven't seen that for decades. And uh, Louis, you wrote that I saw a meme that speaks so much truth. It said we should have a law that all, all EV cars, right, should only get their recharge electricity from wind or solar, not fossil fuels. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's indeed, that's a myth, right? So back then, actually, I did some research on, the, on the, this climate change and the global warming. And I don't know whether you know, when this theory first came out, it was received a very, very, how to say, ruthless uh, scrutiny um, you know, by some organization through a video that was played by the Channel 4, uh, Channel 4 of the UK. And um, nobody played that, that kind of you know, revealing video anymore, especially on the mainstream media. But it was really, really controversial back then. 
The cancer mouse also said in 30 years we'll be confused because we have uh, as many recharging cores as we did back in 2020. <clears throat> okay. All right. So that'll be for all for tonight. And um, so it's a short piece. Um, I, you know, Kathy and I, we both try to be more concise and be, be more, um, how to say, um, yeah, basically up to the point and without uh, dragging too much of your time. But uh, really appreciate you being with us. And uh, if you like it, please click like and uh, making sure you stay subscribed. And um, thank you very much. I hope you to see you t tomorrow again with, uh, with, with Kathy. Okay. Bye. Good night. See you tomorrow.